Hello. Do you ever feel that it's hard to apply what the Bible says to your daily life? Me too. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. We take challenging questions on how to live as a Christian, and we try to give a simple, straightforward answer that is easy to implement so that we could be more like Jesus. I'm Jesse Gasparro. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Practical Christian, a podcast providing how-tos for your Christian walk. I'm Jesse Gasparro, and with me today is Steve Campbell. Hi. Steve, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, sort of encapsulate everything about who you are and what you're doing sure. in two sentences? Yeah, all of my 52 years of life. Yeah. So I was a middle school teacher for 30 years, and... Just in this past uh, few months, I took uh, retirement from teaching to have some more time for some Christian work, and it's really been a nice opportunity to get a chance to be part of this podcast in this particular day. That's really a nice goal. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So in the last episode, uh, I mentioned how the Bible is our way of being able to know what God's thoughts are regarding every topic, every sort of situation in life. So it's sort of fitting that the question we're going to cover today is how do I study the Bible and sort of where do I start? So I'm going to give you the floor and I might interrupt you every once in a while just for, you know, to ask some clarifications and things like that, but take it away. Okay, perfect. Well, first I would commend whoever it was that proposed this original question for the podcast to consider. It's an excellent goal to want to be able to study the Bible, to understand it, to learn the scriptures. And just as a little evidence of that, there was a time in Matthew chapter 22 where Jesus was talking to some religious people. They were asking a question, but the way they asked the question, it was really obvious that they really didn't understand the right things even to ask the question. So in verse 29 of that chapter, he told them one of their problems was that they didn't even know the scriptures. Here were religious people who kind of made a living, you might say, of knowing the scriptures, and yet they didn't know them. So this is two things just to talk about the question itself. One thing is, if we misread the scriptures, we actually misunderstand God himself. That's why it's so important to actually read them and and try to learn them. And on the other hand, it shows also that Jesus knew that it was possible for them to understand the scriptures and to know what they said. So that Sometimes we hear that people say, well, the Bible is too confusing. It's sort of impossible to learn, to really understand what it means. You have to kind of ask an expert. But actually, the Bible is full of people, not just religious people, who literally knew what God was saying and what God was talking about. And that's really kind of number one in this response is God wants us to understand the Bible. He does. He, he himself wants us to know what he said. So he's not playing hide and seek. He's not playing hard to get. He doesn't talk in such mysterious ways that we can't understand anything he's talking about. In fact, the Bible itself says that God, by his spirit, wants us to understand, that helps us understand the Bible. So that's kind of the first part, good starting point to just say that someone who says, I want to study the Bible, then it's almost like God is saying, absolutely, that's an excellent goal, and it certainly is possible for anyone to study the Bible. So two other things about like maybe attitudes or approaches before studying the Bible. One is 
that it's important, I believe, to approach the Bible with the belief that it's true, the belief that it's going to tell us something important. It makes historically verifiable statements. It makes archaeologically supported statements. It's not a book of history. It's not a book of archaeology in primary purpose, mm -hmm. but it really is reliable. We can understand it in its context of, of history. It also kind of reveals to us really who we are. It gives an accurate assessment of the human condition. It doesn't say that everything is great when it's not. It doesn't say that God is far off. It shows us a God who is near. It explains who God is. It explains who we are. So with all of that recognition of the realities that the Bible presents, we can say that if we come to confusing parts of the Bible or difficult parts to understand, we just proceed as if it's true and we look for answers. We don't use those difficulties as excuses for refusing to study it. We, we expect that there are going to be answers for times that we have confusing questions or, or difficulties. So that's one part about our attitude or our approach. And the other side is that when we approach the Bible, I like to say it this way, the Bible is God's story about Christ's glory. It's really the big picture view of the entire Bible. The Bible is God's story about Christ's glory. So whenever we read the Bible, we want to keep that big picture in mind. The Bible starts out by explaining how humanity became estranged from God, became at a distance from him. That's just a few uh, chapters of Genesis that the Bible begins with. But we can see that God never gives up his goal of, of bringing people close to him again. When they've gone their own way, he wants to bring them close to him. And ultimately, to do that, he's going to send his great messenger, his great rescuer, Jesus Christ. But there's this well-developed story with all these details about how that happens. So about 98% of the Old Testament, probably, we could say, focuses on how God chose one group of people, the nation of Israel. And the big point in that whole story is that their rescuer, their Messiah, is going to come. And there were priests and there were kings who were supposed to be leading the nation to expect him to live in a way that would honor God. The prophets would call the people back to God when they strayed. Sometimes the prophets predicted future events as a way to show that God was really speaking. But all the time it's a story in the Old Testament that's moving forward toward Christ's coming. And then when we get to the New Testament, probably 98% of the New Testament is about how Christ came into the world and he did a, a work of redemption, a work of salvation on the cross. He was a perfect savior. He was intensely suffering, but now he has great glory and he is going to have a kingdom of great glory also. And it turns out that God didn't only have in mind the nation of Israel, but the whole world, every person, every nation and every individual can receive that message. So whenever we're reading the Bible, if we recognize that we're reading some part of God's story about Christ's glory, we can kind of see it as a unified whole. If you start reading in the New Testament, you'll see it there. If you start reading in the Old Testament, you'll see it there. Some people say, well, always start with the Gospels. That's great advice. Other people say, always start with the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. That's not bad advice either. As long as we know sort of where we are in the story, then we can kind of understand 
that God has a goal and we're going to get to that point. So how's that so far? There's these two like big approaches, mm -hmm. and one of them is that we assume it's true, and the other one is that we're looking for Christ and how God is sort of developing his, his story. Then I could just suggest maybe as we actually study, there's a few little points just in brief about the actual sort of the way to do it. So we open up the Bible and we're reading, and I would say the best way to read the Bible is to read in paragraphs. If you read in paragraphs, you understand sort of main thoughts. Some people zoom in on little phrases or sentences, and then they end up getting taken out of context. I remember in college once there was a youth group and somebody was talking about the music a Christian should listen to and, and said, well, I found this great verse. Here's it says, I am their music. And look, we should have songs where God is our music. But then when you actually look in the context, it turns out it was somebody who was like a, the song of, it was like a drinking song and people were being mocked. So if you don't read in paragraphs, if you miss the context, it's, it's easy to make mistakes. Then, so that's point one about sort of the actual method. The second point would be to actually think about what we read. Bible learning comes by thinking. The Bible talks a lot about meditating, which means just be attentive, think it over, think it through, take it slow sometimes, compare one verse with another verse. If you're reading in Matthew, you could see what it says in Mark's gospel. If you are reading something about one of the kings, like King David, mentioned in, let's say, the one of the books of the New Testament, in the book of Acts, for example, we could go and find out what David was like in the Old Testament. So that's important. Bible learning comes by thinking. There are some translations that have differences. Sometimes people say, well, what translation of the Bible should I study from? There are different ways to answer that question. We won't take time to talk about that right now, but there are differences in some translations. But that doesn't mean by itself that the Bible is unreliable. There are some translations that are um, made from original languages with purposeful mistakes. That is, there are some groups that want to make the Lord Jesus look like he's not God, and so they translate the Bible to give that impression. Those are not the kind of translation differences that we're talking about. We're talking about where one translation says this word, another one says that word. It doesn't mean the Bible is unreliable. Don't let somebody undermine your confidence in the Bible because of that. Two more points. One is that we should keep separate things separate. That means, for example, there's Israel, there's the church. They're not the same thing. The Lord Jesus said he was going to build his church. It was going to be starting after he was on earth. That's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. So just as an example, there are separate things in the Bible, and we should learn what they are. In Galatians, Paul talks about the difference between keeping the law and trusting God's grace. And these are two different things. Do we earn salvation, or do we trust God's grace for salvation? How do faith and works fit together? The Bible talks about both. We want to understand how they function together, but keep separate things separate. And then we could say that, Historical Orthodox Christianity matters. When we study the Bible, if we have some amazing new insight that nobody ever thought of in the last 2,000 years, we probably should be careful because the Bible talks about the faith once delivered to the saints. Jude, the letter by Jude in the New Testament, verse 3 in his letter, says that there's this Orthodox historical basis for Christianity 
And while we make applications and understandings for ourselves, we want to recognize that there really are certain things that are definitely true, and we can get a lot of help by listening to other people teaching the scriptures or by reading for ourselves other commentaries and so on. And then finally, I'll just say as we put these points all together, the main thing is that as we read the Bible, we want to use it in our daily lives. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, every word of God is pure, and he's a shield to those who trust him. So if we take the word of God and it says we should do something, then we should actually do it. It will actually make a difference in our daily living. If God says, stop lying, then we should stop lying. If God says, have integrity, be honest, avoid lustful things. If he says, love your spouse. If he says, treat other people such and such a way. If he says, solve conflict this way then we actually should do what it says because every word of God is pure and God will help us like a shield in our lives. God wants us to be successful in our Bible study. Even if you do get help from other books, websites, preachers, and so on, Bible teachers, you really will be changed by what you learn for yourself. And that is a fantastic thing. God at work in our lives through Bible study. Thank you. That's very helpful. I think it's important to realize that it's a lifetime commitment yeah. and it's something that no one, you can't exhaust the word of God. So yeah. it's going to forever be something that has blessing in it for us. So I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate uh, your help with that question. Great um, question. Before I close, anything we can pray for you specifically regarding the work that you're doing just a, a prayer request that you have. Yeah, I appreciate that. I I am always hoping that if I'm going to teach anything from the Bible, that I teach in a helpful way, an accurate way, a um, a useful way, so that people who hear it can put it to practice in in their lives, just like I have to put it into practice in mine. So that would be much appreciated. Prayers for help in that regard. Okay. Uh, I want to once again just thank you for taking the time to help us with that question and also thank you to all those who have prayed for and are continuing to pray for this podcast have a great day and may god bless you if you have a question and you would like to submit it you can do so anonymously by going to the practical christian podcast.com